Earlier this year, we officially rolled out a massive free resource for traders with the launch of the Option Alpha Handbook. No more wasting time searching endlessly across dozens of unreliable sources cluttered with ads to get to the answers for all of your burning questions about strategies, markets, options, and so much more. So we built this just for you, and our goal is to make it the ultimate resource guide for traders looking for clear, non-subjective answers to thousands of investing questions. We really consider this to be your new go-to digital encyclopedia for everything trading that you've always been looking for but never found until now. And on today's podcast, we're going to deep dive on the origin and the history and the plan for the Option Alpha Handbook moving forward. You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you consistently play smarter trades. So thank you so much again for tuning in today's show, and welcome back to show number 207, where we're going to be talking a little bit more and giving some special attention and love to our brand new resource that we launched a couple months ago, which is the Option Alpha Handbook. If you haven't already checked out the Option Alpha Handbook, you are absolutely missing out on this completely, ridiculously free and massive resource that we've been working on nonstop for really six months prior to the launch of it. And ever since we've launched it, we continuously update it almost every single week. In some cases, every single day, we're adding new content and images and expanding things. You are completely missing out on this. If you haven't checked it out yet, you just head on over to optionalpha.com slash handbook and you can dive completely in. In today's podcast, I want to go over a little bit more about the history of the handbook, really kind of how we laid out the handbook how we decided on some of the different sections, how it's organized, how we incorporated a lot of imagery and custom images and designs, in addition to a lot of very specific FAQs and navigation elements to make the handbook your ultimate go-to digital encyclopedia for everything trading. And then I want to finish up by talking about the future of the handbook, how we kind of see this moving forward, and why we need to continue to get your feedback and your help to help expand, clarify, and improve the handbook in everything that we do. So I hope that this episode gives you a little bit more clarity and insight into why we built the handbook, what it's meant to be, and how you can help us improve it moving forward because, frankly, we built it for you. This is your resource, so we really hope that you help us in building this resource, giving us ideas and suggestions and improvements and giving us feedback so we can continue to iterate on this moving forward and make it exactly what we want it to be in the future. And really just being part of this process with us because we consider this to be a collaborative effort between you all and us and our team, and we want to make this amazing. I think it's already a level 10. I want to make it a level 20 amazing as far as a resource for you in the future. So let me start off with this. Really, let's talk about what the handbook is, and more importantly, why did we create the handbook? And I got to tell you that when we were originally coming up with this idea, it was very vague. Like many ideas, it was this abstract concept. We knew we had this goal or this thing that we wanted to go after, but we really didn't know how to approach it. And let me back up and kind of give you a lot more of the origin story or what I believe is the origin story of the handbook. 
on the older versions of Option Alpha's website and specifically the older versions before we launched the automated trading platform, the goal with education was to have a multi-touch approach to education. You had videos and courses and audio through the podcast, which you're listening to right now, and you also had FAQs. And we had this area on the old website called the Answer Vault. And if you love it, many of you still love it, you're like, bring back the Answer Vault, which is kind of now incorporated into the handbook. But we have this very specific area, which got a lot of traffic and a lot of people use called the Answer Vault. And the Answer Vault was just what it sounded like. It was literally lists of Q&A answers. So a question, what is open interest? And then an answer, which would describe open interest. And that's all it was. It didn't really go any deeper than that. And we added a lot of questions to the answer vault over the last couple of years, but we really didn't expand it beyond just questions and answers. And so we got a lot of questions from people when they would submit support tickets or post comments or have leave reviews or whatever the case is, where they loved all of the resources together, but they still, and I saw this through the questions, right? People didn't say this directly, but I we kind of figured out through implication, through how they were using language and what words they were using and why they were submitting in, they didn't really have a go-to resource. In particular, they didn't have a go-to resource even on Option Alpha at the time to get very specific answers to questions in a non-subjective format. And so what I mean by this is that, yes, we had things that talked about, say, implied volatility, but in many cases on the old way that we did things in Option Alpha, We talked about implied volatility, but we would sprinkle in our own subjective opinion on that, which is fine because we were talking about it the way that we saw implied volatility. But we never really had a place, for example, that specifically outlined what is implied volatility and what are the things that impact it and never go into the subjective nature of, well, you should do this and you shouldn't trade this implied volatility and this is bad implied volatility and this is good implied volatility. All of those subjective things were kind of feathered throughout because frankly, it was just me putting this all together. And so for the original versions of Option Alpha, this was just me and my opinion. So I naturally did that anyway. But I knew through questions that we would get and comments that people would post and I would see comments other places and posts that other people were making other places, they still didn't have a very clear non-subjective answer to lots of investing questions. And it felt like, And I certainly did this at times too, where I would go and search for the answer to a question that I should have frankly had on the Option Alpha website to begin with. And so I found through kind of just watching over months and years that there still wasn't a resource for traders. There wasn't this go-to, I have to check this place resource for traders. I felt like all the resources were completely scattered They were filled and riddled with subjective opinion, not to mention most places that you go to where you search something are just absolutely peppered with ads and displays and banners and moving videos and pop-ups and things. We wanted the Option Alpha Handbook to be none of those things. Literally take all of those things that we hate about all the other different places, remove them, and just focus on the content and getting you the right answers, the right information without any subjective opinion or tilt or bias so that you had it in one specific place. So when we were starting to talk about this, we started to figure out that it needed to be this thing, this go-to resource that was, yes, part of Option Alpha, but in some ways very much disconnected from 
what we were doing at Option Alpha on the platform and trading and courses because it had to be its own standalone product or own standalone section. It had to be by itself, no Option Alpha riddled opinion or subjective bias, just really clear, very specific, correct answers to a lot of questions that you have been asking and people ask all the time online. And the name really, I guess, kind of came up with, we had a lot of iterations. I won't even tell you some of the iterations that we came up with before the handbook, but we ultimately settled as a team on the handbook because we thought to ourselves, and the plan is still to have this in many sections in published format, paper format at some point, to have mini handbooks within the major handbook, but just something that feels and sounds really tangible. Like you would go to this thing to get answers. This would be your resource. You could visualize the handbook digitally sitting on your desk, if you will, in your browser, where if you have a question, you pull up the section in the handbook. If you have a lingering suspicion about how something works with implied volatility or deltas or the Greeks or how brokers work, like you pull up the handbook and that's where you go. That's your resource that you can trust to be the right information in the right place with no ads all the way around it and sprinkled throughout the content. That's the thing that we wanted to build. So I love the idea of the handbook. I hope you all do too. It sounds like most people do. And just by judging by the traffic that it's been getting over the last couple of months, it definitely sounds like it's working. That's the goal of the handbook. It's to be that digital go-to encyclopedia for you for everything trading. The next thing is, what do we mean by doing things objective versus non-subjective? And I think that I touched on this a little bit, but it's really important that you understand that the tone of the handbook and how our team has been writing the handbook, big shout out to Ryan and Steve who took on a majority, the vast majority, almost all of the writing and editing continuously of the handbook. Really, they stress themselves out over the tone and the wording and the grammar and the punctuation that we use on the handbook because we don't want the handbook to be subjective. We want the handbook to be non-subjective, not our opinion, this person's opinion, this group of traders, this classification of traders. We don't want that in there. And that ironically is actually very tough. It's a tough line to walk because so much of investing is subjective. So much of investing is your opinion, ideology, philosophy on trading versus maybe somebody else's. So all of that we have to remove out of the handbook because the way that we see the handbook, and you can see this in the handbook yourself, we're not selling you anything in the handbook. We're not affiliated with other services and companies for ads, and we don't make money off of people coming to the handbook and viewing pages and then clicking an ad to go someplace else. Whereas a lot of other resources, airfinger quotes online that I think are worse than what we created with the handbook, that's their main goal is to get you there to basically throw up 22 paragraphs of content so that it ranks in Google or Yahoo or wherever you're searching. And then hopefully you click on some of those ads and go someplace else. We don't want that. We want you to come to the Option Alpha handbook and we want you to love and stick with the handbook and read all the sections because there's no ads throughout it. We hope you're a better trader whenever you leave or whenever you leave for a little bit and then come back. We hope you're a better trader by reading some of these sections and going through it. And so with that goal in mind, we wanted to make sure that everything that we do in the handbook is non-subjective. So we're removing all of our opinions from it, all of our objective 
ideologies and philosophies around trading and just getting to the bare bones. This does sometimes mean that we can't dig into a topic that sometimes people have questions on in the handbook. We could dig into it later someplace else in a training video or a webinar or a live stream or a bot workshop where people ask, well, should we do this or should we do this? And we can talk about our opinions of doing one versus the other and the benefits and drawbacks. But inside the handbook, it's really, really focused on giving you clear, very concise answers to questions that we know we can get information on and we know that you need the right answers on. So when we look at the handbook, let's talk through kind of the handbook. The handbook really is divided into a number of different sections. 10 major sections were decided on when drafting up the handbook. And I can tell you right now, this was many, many, many hours of back and forth and argument and discussion and good argument and discussion and ideas on how we could lay out the handbook. What goes in what section? Where do things live? How can you navigate it? Because when you're trying to create effectively an encyclopedia for trading, there's really no guidepost to doing that that we've seen online. And we certainly looked at what other people were doing. We certainly looked at what's working, what people go to, what things rank best, what resources are shared the most. But there still wasn't something that was the end-all be-all for trading the way that we wanted it to be. And we thought it would work for you as, as our user and our traders. So we had to spend some time really thinking about how we laid out these different sections in the handbook. We ultimately, like I said, decided on 10 sections for the major kind of navigation of the handbook. You can see this if you go to optionalpha.com slash handbook, you can see these 10 sections that you can then dive deeper into. First section, of course, is options. That's pretty specific, but that's where you learn about options basics, option pricing, exercise and assignment, and all of the things that go into options. Then we have a massive section on strategies. These are essentially the 36 really popular options trading strategies, iron condors, iron butterflies, credit spreads, long calls, short calls, long puts, short puts, you name it, it's all inside of the strategy section. What I particularly like about the strategy section is that when you go into the main strategies page, you can just click on the section that is related to the P&L diagram or little icons that we created for each of the different option strategies. So it's a really easy, intuitive, visual way to start diving into learning about all of these different option strategies. The next section that we had is stocks. We really wanted to have this one section dedicated to learning about stocks by themselves. This was important to us because stocks, of course, are different than options, but they're so important to the derivative contract being options that they needed their own section. We didn't want to bury stocks inside the options section. So inside the stock section, you have all of the things that you need to learn about stocks in general, like common stock, buying stock, selling stock, fractional shares, preferred shares, rights and warrants. Really, we kind of go deeper than maybe what you need, but we wanted you to have all of the information related to stocks, the main underlying for trading, and all of the dividends and splits and reverse splits and earnings reports and all of that stuff in one place just for stocks. The next main section that we had is analysis. This was a tough one for us. There was really a thing like a discussion back and forth for a long time of where do we put some of these things like candlestick patterns and technical analysis versus fundamental analysis? Do they do they go in their own section or do they get split up? Does one for one type of trader or is it not? What we ultimately determined is that at some point you're going to do analysis, right? To, to kind of bring it up to the highest possible level when you're trading 
at some point, you're going to perform some sort of analysis before you get into a position or trade. So our goal in putting this together was how can we put all of the different types or ways or ideologies around analyzing markets and economics and global macro stuff, can we put that all in one single place? And so we did that inside of the analysis section, which has subsections for economic indicators and all of those things kind of wrapped up in one section. So we put that all in the analyze section, which includes subsections on fundamental analysis, technical analysis, chart patterns, candlestick patterns, trend and momentum, technical indicators, which is a little bit different than technical analysis by itself, right? Like really diving into the actual indicators, global macro indicators like market indicators, economic indicators, strategy backtesting, right? We wrapped all of that up into one section called analysis, which I would assume continues to expand as we move forward in the future. The next major section that we went through or that we included was a section called academic. I really like this one in particular because I don't see it covered a lot. And if it is covered, it feels like it's covered at the end of some stuff, or it feels like some of these history lessons, models, theories are covered here and there inside of content online, but it didn't really get the light and the daylight and the spotlight, I guess you could say, that it really deserves and really is required to have an understanding of markets and models and history and events so that you can be a better trader moving forward. So we have this section in the handbook called academic, which only has three subsections to make it really specific and very focused. We have a subsection on history, which goes through the history of different stock market crashes and pandemics and financial crises. So you can understand what led up to those and how they unfolded. We also have a subsection on models. This is really cool stuff where we talk about frequency and standard deviations and distributions and variance, right? Kind of understanding how some of these models are applied. And then we also have this subsection on theories, like the efficient market hypothesis, systematic versus unsystematic risk, random walk theory, black swans, volatility clustering. This is a powerful, powerful section that you should absolutely dive into when you get on over to the handbook because it gives you that additional foundation and that level of understanding that maybe you have seen in places or you've heard it mentioned, but you've really never seen it in a deep dive format like this. The next major subsection that we included or next major section that we included is a section on the portfolio. This again was a really tough one for us to try to slice and dice of how to put this together, where different things go, because a lot of this is related to options, it's related to strategies, it's related to analysis, but it really required its own complete section. So inside the portfolio section, we talk about topics like broad portfolio management, asset allocation, being passive versus active, beta weighting, delta neutral, cash reserves, margin, right? So we kind of put things in here that would be related to not a specific single trade, right? Not just buying a call option or selling an iron condor, but how do you manage a portfolio? How do you really think at a high level about being really active or passive? Or how do you think about hedging and correlations or diversification? How do you think about position sizing? Or what metrics should you use to judge the performance of your portfolio? This was really a massive, massive undertaking to get this one in place. But again, it gives you best practices in a non-subjective format so you can understand 
all of these different concepts and then choose how you want to approach it for your own portfolio. Next major section that we included was a section on brokers. This is a really interesting one. Haven't really seen this again anyplace else that really spends the time and energy and spotlight into understanding and teaching all of the different intricacies around brokers, trading platforms, order types, commissions, all of the different stuff that's required to, again, understand how the system at large works. Who are these financial intermediaries that provide these services? How are things taxed? What happens with different accounts and where do those requirements for account levels and trading authorizations, where all that stuff come from? And so we really wanted to focus an entire section on the different broker firms and account types and approval levels, margin requirements, how those differ or not between different brokers, like all of that stuff wrapped up into one section as well. The next major one that we had is a section on markets. This again was a little bit different. We had to split up options and stocks for pretty obvious purposes because there's such an important point, but we also didn't want to discount any of the additional things that go into just understanding markets as a whole. So understanding the difference between equities and indexes and futures, understanding what exchanges are and what clearing a transaction means and what market holidays are out there and what's the difference between market hours and after hours and pre-market trading. What about regulatory stuff? So now we've got this other level that we had to cover to really make this the go-to encyclopedia. There's the brokers and then there's the clearing and the exchanges and then there's this regulatory arm that sits over top of everything. So we put all of that in this section around markets. Again, trying to get you all the information in one place so you have the knowledge, the resources at your fingertips to try to understand all of the different pieces that go into this big thing that we call trading as a whole. The last section in here, I guess last major section in here is the section on psychology. This we knew for sure had to be its own section. There's the actual trading and the analysis and the academic stuff, the history, the models, the theory. Okay, all of that is one side of trading. But then you have this other side of trading, which is the psychology side, where we start talking about in here behavioral finance and mental models and risk aversion and all of those investor biases that we've covered in other podcasts, like herd mentality and things like that. This is all thrown into a really, again, it sounds like it's small, but it's not a massive section on trading psychology. So I think this is just like all the other ones, honestly, a really important one, but it's more important because it is its own little beast inside of the handbook. It's its own thing that really, to some degree, is not like the others, but just as important as potentially all the others combined. Because you could get all the theory and the analysis and the history of things, you could pull all that together and you could understand that. But if you don't have an understanding of investor psychology and trading psychology, so you can recognize some of these biases that you might run into at some point, that's like walking with one leg. Like it's not going to work. You need both of these things to make it happen. So we really want to include this really large, massive section on trading psychology. Now, the final section that we have inside of the handbook is essentially the glossary. So this last section here was really our attempt to make sure that we have all of our bases covered for terms and descriptions that in some cases we talk about inside the handbook, but in other cases, they weren't terms or ideas or 
investing words that really needed their own section inside of the handbook. So we put all of these inside the glossary so that you have the ability, of course, to go into the glossary and search for any of those specific terms or investing lingo that you really want to get clarity and answers on. And we took our time with this to make sure that it linked back wherever appropriate to the appropriate handbook section or subsection inside the handbook so you can learn more about a particular topic or term inside of the actual glossary itself. So those are the main 10 sections inside of the handbook. Again, you go over to optionalpha.com slash handbook. That is the main landing page for the handbook, and you can dive into each of these 10 sections. As I mentioned earlier, one of the ones that I'm particularly proud of in our team putting together and is one of the ones that so far has received probably the best reviews and ideas and suggestions for the handbook is the strategies section inside the handbook. It's really the area where if you go to the handbook, you can see all the different little icons that we put together for all the different strategy payoff diagrams. And what I like about each of these pages, and I'll just use Iron Condors as an example here in the podcast is that all of these pages have the same layout for content. This makes it really easy when you go into the strategy section that you can quickly navigate to the appropriate page or sub page or section within a page to get to the answer that you're looking for very, very quickly. Our team did a really great job of putting together on each of these pages a lot of skip links in the navigation. This means that whether you're on desktop or mobile or on a tablet, you can quickly skip down to some of the different sections within a page to get to the right answers or the right topic or the right idea that you're looking to explore a little bit more. So in the case of Iron Condors, for example, you can go to the Iron Condor Outlook subsection within that page and just use the skip links right at the top of the Iron Condor page. You can go to how to set up an Iron Condor, right? So this walks through exactly how to set up an Iron Condor. You can go to the payoff diagram, entering an Iron Condor, exiting it, time decay, implied volatility impact on it, how to adjust an Iron Condor, how to roll one, how to hedge Iron Condors. And these are really awesome subsections, again, that I've never seen anyplace else, all wrapped up into one master mega page on Iron Condors. So this one page on Iron Condors that you can bookmark and save and please share with your friends and trading buddies out there online has all of the information on how to enter, exit, adjust, roll, hedge, all the information you need on Iron Condors in one single place. And not only does it have all the information there, but we've also continued to expand all of the different graphics around all of these strategies and subsections and pages in the handbook. One of the areas that we did a lot of time and energy on was the strategy section, visually seeing how to adjust positions and giving you a custom designed by our team and our graphic designers visual that goes right along with the content that's in the handbook on how to adjust hedge roll positions. So inside of the handbook, and we'll have screenshots of this on the show notes page over at opshoffa.com slash show 207. Inside of the handbook page for Iron Condors, you can see a graphic that shows you kind of the before and after of adjusting Iron Condors and how to roll positions, how to adjust it into a tighter Iron Condor versus a graphic on how to adjust it into an Iron Butterfly and how that changes and shifts the payoff diagram, how to roll the position from one expiration to the next, how to create a hedge of the position, for example. Like all of this is wrapped up in one single page for Iron Condors. And this was really, again, it seems intuitive and it seems simple, and I hope it is right now. 
when we were outlining all this, it wasn't really that way when we started originally. We just kind of eventually came on with came up with this idea of making a lot of these pages for say iron condors or long calls really long and detailed pages, but including these skip links right at the top of the page so that you can dive into the subsection that you're looking for very easily and very quickly without having to skim through everything or read everything if you don't need to. So if you're a really good iron condor trader and you just want to do some refresh and some freshing up on adjusting, maybe you just go to that little subsection in there. So let's shift gears here just a little bit and now start talking a little bit about how the handbook has been received and some of the feedback that we've gotten and how you can potentially help us moving forward with the handbook. I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, this handbook for us is not a stagnant, done and published document. It is continuously being updated, enhanced, improved. We are literally adding content and imagery and improving or adding FAQs every single week. And we have been since the initial launch of it. So the original handbook, when it was originally launched, has now been expanded dramatically since that original launch. And we plan to continue to expand and improve it based on the feedback that we've received from users like you all. So far, we've received about 175 responses from different articles inside of the handbook. Now, if you don't know this and you go to any of the individual handbook pages, you can see at the bottom of every single page, a little box that says, was this helpful? And you can just click yes or no. And when you do that, that gives us some indications as to whether the content, of course, was helpful or not, but you also have the ability to add a comment. So in the case of clicking the box that says, yes, this was helpful, we say, great, what specifically did you find helpful? And you can add a comment right there and send it right to our team. If it wasn't helpful, please click the box that says, no, this wasn't helpful. And then we ask you to, or we ask in the comment box, what could we improve? How could we improve this particular article or subsection that you're reading in the handbook, what's missing? What did you think was going to be here versus what wasn't shown here? You know, like where's the misalignment on expectations? What's really awesome about the way that we have the new website set up in particular sections like this is that all of these different articles are individually tied to feedback that we can go through and sort and analyze at one time. So I can go into our backend dashboard and I can basically pull up all of the feedback for a particular article and then run the analysis on that and see how helpful has this been or not. Broad numbers of 95% of people found this helpful or 10% of people found this helpful. And then our team can dig in and start learning through the comments and the responses in there exactly what we need to do to improve some of these pieces of content. This to me is one of the biggest areas that you can please, 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 please help us improve the handbook for you moving forward by just offering some feedback and some advice to our team. It's completely anonymous. You don't have to submit your name, your email, none of that. It's just, was it helpful or not? And submit a comment. So you can be nice. You can be hopefully not nasty, but you can be whatever you want in these comment boxes and be very just true and transparent with was this helpful or not. And that really, really helps our team. Like I said earlier, we've received so far about 175 feedback responses. 88% of those feedback submissions have been positive, which is great, but we are using the other side of those to improve the platform moving forward. One thing that I'll show you, and I'll just read two responses here to kind of hopefully give you a little flavor of what is more helpful as a response versus less helpful as a response. 
is I'll read two responses here. One is on this one for momentum and trend in the analysis section. So there's a a page called Momentum and Trend in the Analysis section of the handbook. And a response that somebody put was that it was not helpful. But in the description, they wrote this. They said, expected to see more of the actual analysis of momentum and trend or what indicators a new trader might use. This section seems like it's more of a definition and overview of how to use trend and momentum versus the analysis. They said, sorry, just wanting to be helpful. Look, my opinion is that's incredibly helpful. That's not a sorry, just try to be, that is exactly what we're looking for. We are looking for feedback where you say, look, I thought that I was going to get this in this section and I didn't see it. Maybe it's just because it's not clear. Maybe we're not pointing you to the right section. Or if there's a topic missing, an idea that we didn't cover that could be included in there, that is all amazing feedback for us. Because if something made you click, no, this was not helpful, it means that we're missing something, something wasn't clear, or we need to expand on content that's already existing there. So that is incredible, incredible feedback. Another response that we got from someone was, again, no, it's not helpful for common stock. And the only answer or description that they put in there was already knew about common stock. Okay, I get it. You already knew about common stock, but that's a major page and a very long descriptive section. So what about that section? If I knew who this person was, I would ask them and say, what about that section is not clear? What could use some more content? What other things did you not know that we didn't include? Or what questions did you have that we haven't included yet? So that's where I would just, again, I'm asking you all to help us collaborate on this, work together with us on this, because we're doing this for you. We literally go through all these feedbacks and we try to figure out what we can improve we try to also figure out like what works, what's helpful. So here's another example here of one comment where somebody said, yes, it was helpful. That's great if you say, yes, it was helpful. We love those. We also love if you describe why it was helpful. Was it the organization of the content? Was it some topic that we covered that you didn't know before? Someone here put that, yes, it was helpful for the options pricing page inside of the options section. And they said all of the Greek descriptions really helped out on this page. Okay, great. So we we know that the fact that inside of the options pricing page, what was really helpful for this particular user was the fact that we went through some of the Greeks for option pricing. Great. That helps us understand that we really want to keep that section in there. We want to maybe expand or clarify that section if needed. And that's really helpful as well. So it's not just, no, this isn't helpful because if there is something that is helpful and you love it, please let us know what about that subsection or that page or that topic was helpful to you so we can try to do more of the same moving forward. I forgot to include, and I'll talk about this really quick, but at the bottom of every single page inside of the handbook, I would say mostly every single page inside the handbook, is a massive section of FAQs. So if you actually go to any of the different subsections or pages or topics in here, you'll even notice this in the skip links right at the top of an article. There's a skip link down to all of the FAQs on that topic. Right now I'm just walking through the fundamental analysis page, which is inside of the analysis section, and there's a skip link for FAQs. And so what our team has done is basically we go through all the different searches that people put into the website over the last couple of years, into the website now, searches that people have put into Google and YouTube, and we try to compile these massive lists of common, top, very popular FAQs that people have asked. 
And in many cases, we write out a pretty detailed description for the answers to these questions. In this case, for the fundamental analysis section, there's questions like, what's the difference between top-down approach and bottom-up approach? What are the four basic financial statements? How do you read a balance sheet? Like that's a couple paragraphs of an answer, but that's a common question that people have related to fundamental analysis. What's included in a balance sheet? How is the cash flow statement prepared? How do you calculate the intrinsic value? Is value investing dead? What's the difference between quantitative and qualitative analysis? These are all related topics to fundamental analysis that people have asked and that we continue to write answers and put together FAQs on. So inside of your comment box too, if you see that we're not answering a common question that maybe you have that you didn't see in there or that you know you're going to have and we didn't address it appropriately, put that into the feedback form for us as well. Give us a list of questions that we can add and expand. So a lot of our expansion on the handbook recently has been getting all of these questions from you all inside of the feedback forms where people say, yes, this was helpful, but I didn't see this question answered or no, this wasn't helpful because my main question was this. That helps us continue to figure out what other additions and improvements we put together inside of the handbook. So hopefully that was a really good overview of all of the history and the, you know, basically the origins of the handbook, how it works and how it can help you. Now let's talk about what we're looking forward to moving forward with the handbook. At the time that we launched the handbook earlier this year, we had about 125,000 words that were put together in the handbook. So basically, if you printed this thing out, it would be hundreds and hundreds of pages in a book format. Since we've released the handbook, of course, we've added to it. We've added well over 100 images and again, expanded so many different content sections, adding thousands upon thousands of new content to the handbook. This means that this thing is never, ever, ever going to be finished. And we hope that you guys will continue to help us by giving us your feedback and your ideas and your suggestions so that we can continue to expand the handbook every single week. The other thing that we've been working on as a team, and you'll see here very soon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, is we're putting together different downloadable PDFs for all of the different sections and subsections inside of the handbook. So for example, if you want to learn about the different option strategies, you have the ability to then download just the contained handbook for iron condors, or you can download the handbook for covered calls or long call options. You can download the handbook for the history of all the different crashes, right? We want all of these resources to be at your fingertips at all times. And we know we've had a lot of requests for downloadable elements of these handbook sections and subsections. So we're going to be working on doing those. That to us is probably the next major project. Beyond that, we do see little ideas of putting together version one and version two eventually of the handbook that's a hardback format book or guide that you can buy. In the future, I do expect that we're going to have additional video tutorials that are going to be embedded or linked into the handbook that, again, are very much the same flavor and tone and style of the handbook that are non-subjective and are very clear, concise, short, to-the-point video tutorials on different topics. I also see the need to eventually have some different audio files or audio readings of different sections of the handbook. I said earlier in the podcast that when we originally created Option Alpha, we wanted to make sure that we had education in all the different ways that you all consume 
options trading education. You do it visually, you read it, you listen to it like you're doing right now. And so we want to do a little bit of that inside of the handbook as well. I don't know exactly how that, what that looks like or what the format is or how it's rolled out or where it goes, but I do see a need to have video and audio as part of the handbook moving forward. So any of your suggestions or ideas or concepts or any other ways in which we can improve the handbook moving forward, like I said a million times on this podcast, please reach out to us, reach out to our team, leave feedback, leave comments, leave suggestions so that we can continue to improve this moving forward. All right, so I really hope you enjoyed this little summary and history, a little bit of special attention and love for the Option Alpha Handbook. If you haven't checked it out, go on over to optionalpha.com slash handbook. You can get all the links and resources that we went through in today's podcast by heading over to optionalpha.com slash show 207. Again, that's just the number 207. But if you do love the handbook, please share with your friends and family and trading buddies out there online. We wrote this specifically for traders and investors. We do not have any ads on the handbook. This is for you all. We want to give you the best resources out there. We do this completely free on the handbook and have a dedicated team just for improving and writing and getting graphics and all this stuff for the handbook. So the best way you can help us and help support what we do here with the handbook at Option Alpha is just to share it with your friends and your family and your trading buddies out there online. We want it to be the go-to resource for traders. We can only do that by getting your help and your support with feedback and suggestions and sharing it. So thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. My name is Pete Schichtel, and I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee. I've been trading for about a year and a half. On my platform, there is a IV rank listed for each of the stocks that I want to trade options on. There's also an implied volatility that I can pull up in the options table. Which of the two of those should I use when making decisions when to enter trades if I'm looking for something with a high IV rank above 50%? Thank you very much. All right. So first off, Pete, thank you so much for submitting the question here. Always really helps us out. Luckily for you, we have all of this covered inside the handbook. So we'll add those links into the show notes page. You can get those at optionalpha.com slash show 207. But just to clarify here, yes, inside of many platforms, you do see IV rank listed for stocks, but also you see implied volatility listed for stocks or listed in the actual options pricing tables for those different expiration periods. Now, the difference here is that implied volatility, as I describe it, is really kind of the raw forward-looking volatility expectation. It's what basically is implied through the activity around buying and selling of the option contracts by market participants like me and you. And so how aggressively or not we determine and buy option contracts for different expiration periods through our activity implies how much volatility we expect in that underlying security moving forward. So that's what implied volatility is. It's the market's expectation through its own activity of how volatile a security will be moving forward into the future. That's the raw number. I'll use just like a very basic example here, which hopefully can help clarify this with you. You could have one stock that is a tech stock that has implied volatility for the next 30 days of say 12%. Then you have one stock, which is a big industrial company 
and that has implied volatility for the next 30 days of, say, 6%. Well, the tech stock clearly has higher implied volatility when you look at just the raw implied volatility number. And that's probably realistic because the tech stock might move more than the large industrial stock that has implied volatility of, say, 6%. But where IV rank comes in is IV rank is the ability to calculate where the current implied volatility is compared to historical values over the last generally year or so. And so what implied volatility does is it tries to normalize the differences between the tech stock and the large industrial stock. So for the tech stock, if it has implied volatility, the raw number of say 12%, that might be at the low end of its historical range over the last year. 12% implied volatility might be really low. Maybe at certain points for the last year, that tech stock had implied volatility of 30% or 50% at some times versus the large industrial stock, an implied volatility reading of say 6% right now might be relatively high for that particular security over the last year. Maybe 6% is one of the highest marks and usually implied volatility is 3 or 4% or sometimes 2%, right? So what implied volatility rank does, IV rank does, is it tries to normalize a lot of these into some sort of an absolute value so you can do a little bit of compare and contrast across different securities. Oftentimes, if you're just looking at implied volatility by itself in raw format, you're not really getting an expectation of the historical range of volatility. You're just getting the current reading of volatility for that security, which undoubtedly can be helpful. But if you're trying to decide which one has higher implied volatility relative to its historical range, that's where something like IV rank would come into play. So again, all of this is detailed with amazing graphics from our team over on the Option Alpha Handbook inside of the Options Pricing page in the Option subsection. Again, we'll put links to this in the show notes, optionalpha.com slash show 207. Again, that's just a number, 207, optionalpha.com slash show 207. So remember, if you want to get your question answered here on the podcast, simply head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask, just like Pete did, and leave me a message. Just click the big red button in the middle of the screen, ask your question, figure out whatever question that is, or give me some background on the question, whatever you need to do to get your question answered. We get those queued up for the next podcast episode. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so that's a wrap for this week's podcast episode here at Option Alpha. But before you go, please, let's keep the conversation going like I asked in the beginning. Connect with us on your favorite social media platform. Let us know what questions, ideas, improvements we can add to the Option Alpha handbook. We are doing this for you. We are writing this, developing this, creating this so that you guys can be smarter traders, more intelligent traders, help answer questions, help get you over any hurdles that you're going through right now in options education. So please let us know how we can improve this for you moving forward. Also, as a heads up, we are doing some more bot workshops that we currently have scheduled. So head on over to optionalpha.com and check out all of the upcoming bot workshops where we're going to be building some bots together. As always, I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode, got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to help you consistently play smarter trades. Until next time, happy trading.